Hey everybody, Bobby Walker here with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. Got a big treat for you today. Can't wait to tell you what that is. But before I do, I just want to say, make sure you check us out on the Journey of a New Entrepreneur YouTube channel, the Journey of a New Entrepreneur Facebook page. And even though you're already listening to it, I'm going to tell you to check us out on the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. So we've got those three things going. It's a lot of fun. The YouTube channel has a lot more content because it's more of a vlog talking about what my life with my son and me starting a business has been like and the ups and the downs and the ins and the outs. Uh, we share the victories. We share the failures. It's pretty cool. I, I'm not going to lie. It's pretty good stuff. And then uh, the podcast, it's this thing. You already know what it is because you're hearing it. And then the Facebook page is a good place for you to connect with me. If you want to reach out to me, talk to me, hit me up on there, send me a message it will be like a party except online. So it's going to be awesome. And today we have the infamous, the, the, the loved, the super funny, even though I don't think he means to be <laughs> Kurt Kempton all the way from somewhere in Arizona. Kurt, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How you doing, Bobby? I'm doing great. I don't know. You're just like so nice and it's like, Humor tends to have a little bit of like a mean aspect to it, I think. And you're just, you don't have a mean bone in your body. So I just think you're just nice and funny and make people laugh and feel good when they're around you, man. That's how I feel anyway. So <laughs> I just think it's funny because when I'm around you, because of the mean tinge to your humor, I can't <laughs> tell if you're angry at me or if I'm supposed to laugh. <laughs> you know, I've, that's got me in trouble far more times than I'd like to admit simply because you you think I would learn from it, but I, I remember getting in trouble with my sense of humor from my high school football coach and not because it's like inappropriate as much as it's like, I kind of have a dry delivery to the things that I say. And, and to me, it's obviously a joke. Otherwise I would never say it. And it's super funny, but to everyone else in the world, I'm just a total jerk. So I need to change that up, but I'm a work in progress. No, it's everyone else, man. Don't worry. It's not you. Like <laughs> when you say, me. Kurt, I hate you. I never want to talk to you again. I've, got, I've trained myself to mean, Kurt, I love you. Can we go skip into the sunset together? I know what that means. Name four instances where I've said that to you. <laughs> UFC fight night, uh, later on that night when we got back to the hotel. Uh, wait, do outside of a 24-hour period or not? Oh, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Let's move on, let's move on. So, guys, listen, you're in for a big treat today. Kurt is, uh, not only has he become one of my dearest friends, and I mean that, and I can say that with confidence that I know he feels the same about me because we, we experienced a lot, of, a lot of stuff, Kurt, together. And I don't know that we want to go to it on this podcast. There is a story that it's best shared individually. Pro okay, so we'll leave that. Um, maybe yeah. what we'll do one day when we have a big like charity drive or something, like the person that <laughs> donates the most to our charity, we'll tell them the story the the bond that you and i have from pennsylvania and um, we'll, we'll talk about that more in a second but but not only is kurt one of my uh, dearest and closest friends now but he's also the the founder the ceo the the all-around uh i'm gonna say badass even though kurt doesn't like to talk that way um of responsibid which responsibid is a software program uh it's a it's a software platform that like for me, it's kind of the hub of my business. And that's how we met. So we started out with like a professional relationship and just through my interactions with the software, loving it, and then getting to know Kurt, we've just kind of, kind of become friends. So, so that's cool. But what Kurt's going to do today is help us with some, uh, with selling stuff and selling more of it. So we're going to talk about, um, kind of the sales process, uh, from a proposal standpoint and from packaging standpoints. So this is gonna be one of those episodes that's actually gonna give you some good tangible stuff that you can implement in your business, where most of the time my podcast episodes are more of just like the, the, the journey of entrepreneurship and, and the emotions and the struggles and the this and the that. And we're gonna learn about uh, Kurt's story as well, but hold on to after his story. So that way you can get some really good information on how to actually uh, sell jobs at higher ticket prices and sell more of them. Uh, is that probably a good uh, intro to what we're gonna do there, Kurt? Yeah, let me, let me just put one quick preface on this because I think it's really important that people know like who's talking to them. I wouldn't, I always hesitate when people say, Kurt's gonna teach us how to sell more stuff. There's always this uh, disconnect in my head that goes, 
the whole reason I started Responsibit is because I wouldn't consider myself a very good salesperson. Hmm. Um, but as an entrepreneur, you got to sell. Like yeah. it's, and I call it a necessary evil, even though like it's your moral obligation, as Josh Latimer says, you've got to sell your stuff if it's good. You need to. It's your obligation. Um, what I found is, is that when I was growing up, at some point, some way, somehow, I associated salespeople with slimy, dirty people. And um, I don't ever want anyone to think I'm any less, anything less than genuine. Mm -hmm. So um, that really was a stigma that was really hard for me to get over. And what I found was in my early days, my window cleaning and pressure washing business, what I found was that I was really holding myself back a lot because of my feelings of what I held a salesperson to be. And um, so one of the things I thought was I should hire a salesperson. And then I realized I don't want to have someone work for me that I view as slimy. <laughs> so at that time, eBay and Amazon were just coming out. Like Amazon was selling more than books and eBay was getting to the point where it's kind of ridiculous how much stuff people were selling online. Mm -hmm. And I started realizing that there's this trend happening and I saw it way coming. Um, so when I saw that trend happening, that's when I realized people are now buying from catalogs off of their computers. And, and at that time, even the smartphone was getting popular. So um, I designed on my website a system to sell to people who wanted to buy that way. And then I translated that system to the, the way I was selling in person, which was very mm -hmm. catalog oriented. I learned a lot about the psychology and everything that was driving it later on. I just started doing things. Mm -hmm. And obviously over the years, I've learned lots and lots of things, but my whole point in telling you all that is that I learned that I am much more comfortable as a person having a great selling system that works off of genuineness, off yeah. of unique selling propositions and off of really solid principles that people are comfortable buying from. And that makes me feel comfortable. And that's the roots of response of it. I, I actually, I'm glad you said that. And I, I'm just going to piggyback on that a little bit. What we are going to go over today on the practical side of things, um, we're not going to go over like objections to, or, you know, overcoming objections or, uh, you know, how to get, how, you know, mirroring someone so that you can maybe be more influential on them. Really, it's going to be around the quote itself and how it can be uh, more appealing uh, to your customer and how we can even steer people towards the services that you that you want to sell instead of just kind of not having a purpose behind your quote other than just giving them prices. So I, I th I, that was actually a great uh, a great intro to to what we're going to do there. So we're going to get to that in a minute. But before okay. we do, we're going to talk about some personal stuff. But before we go too far back, we're just going to go back about a month ago. And uh, so roughly a month ago, uh, I was hanging out with Kurt in Pennsylvania in uh, Bethlehem, as a matter of fact. And there was a little con uh, convention going on up there, a little pressure washing convention, which was pretty cool. But Kurt did an event called Responsicon, which was built around his software platform. And, and we're not going to dig into that. But Kurt was out at my place back in November and said, hey, Bobby, you want to come to Responsicon in Pennsylvania in February? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm, I live in Florida. I'm not going to Pennsylvania in February. And he's like, come on, dude, it'll be fun. And I said, the only way I would ever do that is if Scranton, Pennsylvania was close enough for us to make a pilgrimage to it. And if you don't know, Scranton is the, the real city where the fictitious television show, The Office, took place, you know, fictitiously. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. Kurt's a huge fan of it. So when I said that, he pulls his phone out and he's like, dude, it's an hour away. We'll totally do it. And I'm like, oh, let's do it. It'll be awesome, bro. And then I forgot about it completely. And then like, at the beginning of January, Kurt called me. He's like, hey, bro, I just booked my, booked my tickets. Let's do it. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I was just like having a good time and I don't have the money to do that. And Kurt guilted me into it. And honestly, it was the <laughs> best. You did. And I'm so glad you did because we had a blast. We went to Scranton. We, we took pictures. Kurt got his drone out in the big pin paper building that's there at the beginning of the TV show. He like got some cool drone footage of us all standing in front of it. There was about five or six of us that went. We went to the Steamtown Mall. We got our picture by the sign. It was just awesome. And we even ate at Pizza by Alfredo. And uh, it, it was good stuff. So if you're an Office fan, 
you can understand that and you can enjoy it. And if you're not, you've probably already stopped listening to this episode. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that was, true. That was, that was true. A, fun, a lot of fun. And it's funny. Kurt's wearing a shirt that says you miss a hundred percent of the bids that you don't make. And it's a spoof off of one of the, the episodes of the office. And of course I'm wearing my Scott's Scott's tots t-shirt, which is potentially the cringiest episode of the office ever. And uh, so it was fun. We all had matching shirts. I typically don't do that, but, uh, Kurt, we, we shared like a bucket list item together doing that. Yeah, awesome. we do. And I think about all that. My kids ask me all the time, like, we'll, uh, we'll be talking about something and I'll say something about the office. And they're like, did you see that in Scranton or something like that? <laughs> they love that. Yeah, it, it, it really was a lot of fun. But also let me say this. If you're thinking about doing it, unless you're ultra nostalgic about the office, Scranton kind of sucks. I ain't gonna lie. It's not that cool. But I did get some good souvenirs while I was there. So I, I, I'm so glad we did it. But um, and then once again, I know we're, we've already agreed we're not going to tell it, but we had this really weird, just encounter. Just Kurt and I. It was the weirdest thing there. Um, let, let me just say this because oh, I'm. Are you going to do this? Are you no, really going to do this? No, no, no. I'm not going to do. It. I'll just say it involved me and Kurt. Um, a couple pairs of jeans that may not have been our own, and um. <laughs> potentially a bromance but we'll just leave it at that and if you uh, if you want to know about it hit me up offline and we can talk about that some other time so so <laughs> kurt tell us a little bit about you man just give us kind of the the overview of uh you know let's just say from age two to where you're at today in 90 <laughs> seconds or less you want me to skip the whole one through two or yeah, zero through one or two yeah, yeah well here i'll tell you what um i I was working at a bike shop racing mountain bikes and I thought that I was going to be a professional mountain biker. I realized as I was going to do that, that I need to make money some way. So I was about to, I graduated from ASU's business college with business administration and I was about to open up my own bike shop. Luckily at the time I had a daughter who had just turned two years old and had learned the days of the week. And the way she remembered the days of the week, she told me on one Sunday morning, she said, Dad, today's Sunday because on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you go to work. And on Sunday, you come home and see us. Mm-hmm. And uh, when she said that as a two-year-old, it was really impactful. Yeah. And that's when I realized I don't love retail. Just because I love bikes doesn't mean I need to own a retail shop. Because every holiday, every weekend, you know, those are big times. So I listened to a book called um, The Millionaire Next Door. and mm-hmm. Also, uh, there's a, a sequel to that book, which is Millionaire Mind. Yep. And both of those books really talk about who becomes millionaires. And the people who become millionaires are people who do stuff that no one else wants to do. Car, the, the highest proportion of uh, millionaires is like car wash, junkyard owners, um, just really random things. It talks mm. a lot about how millionaires typically wear jeans and polo shirts because movie stars spend all their money. So anyway, um, I, I thought, well, no one does windows. So I started a window cleaning company and I loved the idea that when the sun went down, I'd have to go home. And in the window cleaning business, that's where I discovered that I love systems. And so I sold my window cleaning and pressure washing company, which uh, I did really cool things. And I'm really proud of what I accomplished in those businesses. And um, to be honest with you, some days I really miss it. Yeah. But I feel like this is sort of my calling in life is that I get to work with other small business owners who are going through a lot of the same struggles that I did. And um, responsibility is sort of my way of being able to sort of reach into other people's lives and, you know, feel like I'm, I'm able to extend these lessons that I've learned into real practical results for other business owners. Going back a little bit into your window cleaning company, one thing that I learned about from hearing, uh, hearing about you, like on other podcasts and stuff that I think was super cool was, you created this uh, like certification or training program with your employees. And it was one of, one of your unique selling propositions. And one of the things that separated you from your competition, because people could like go to your website and see what level, what was it like one through five or something like that. And, mm-hmm. and where, where your technicians were and what they had to do and what books they read and what courses they completed or training they had completed and stuff like that, which is actually super cool. I'm going to do something similar, but, as I'm finding out, I think being successful is as simple as watching other people that are successful and copying them 
but just because something's simple does not mean that it's easy. Right. <laughs> and I'm having a hard time doing it, but it's something that I'm working towards. So that, that's cool. I, uh, are you able to give us like the, the 30 second, just kind of bird's eye yeah. view of, of that thing? Yeah. Basically what I determined is, is that if I'll stop working out in the field and, and really doing the work of the business and see myself as a CEO and focus on my employees as my customers, and helping them to, to act like me when, when they're on a job site, that that was, the, that was the way to scale my business. So the certification program is just simply a way for me to incentivize them in five steps, um, background check and personality, then safety and you know sort of ability to, to know that they're safe on a job site, then competence, the ability to run a website and perform the work at a reasonable rate, and then to be able to become true customer service representatives in the way that I deem customer service to be the best, which does not mean just being nice. It's a lot more than just being nice, mm -hmm. which I think it's a misnomer. And then the last step is mentorship. And as I took people through that five-step process, it wasn't easy for them. And it certainly wasn't easy just to write it all up, but it had all of my DNA and fingerprints all over it. And I incentivized my employees to act like me. And therefore we had the retention rate as if I was on every job site and we, and when I say retention rate, a lot of people are probably thinking just about customers, which yes, that's what pay the bills, but really is about employee retention too. Mm. You know, that turnover, every time you lose an employee, yeah. going back to square one really sucks. So um, we, we were able to retain employees and customers. And, and frankly, once a customer had one of our people on their, on their job, it was very common for them to always need to have that same person back. Kurt, what, you just said something that actually I had no idea we'd even talk about, but why that's actually huge. I didn't even think of doing one of these programs from the perspective of it helps with your own employee retention. I always, I always viewed it as like a customer facing thing that, but why do you think uh, doing that made your employees stickier and, and stick around? Well, um, first off, as you're climbing a ladder, the higher you get up on the ladder, the more committed you are to that, that path. Right. Yep. And, by the time they've been with me for six months, I told them, you're a better window cleaner than any other window cleaning company out there right now. Like we've intentionally made you into an awesome, not to the school of hard knocks. We fast tracked you to here. Mm -hmm. um, but in the interview, I always told them, I said, you know, you may not be with my company forever, but I promise you this. My job is to be your cheerleader. And I guarantee you that when you look back at your time at five star window pair, it will be the most growing and learning time of your life, including your time at college. Wow. And I can promise you that because that's my job and I'm good at my job. And when I would say that in an interview, um, it changes their mindset from going, I'm going to go be a laborer somewhere in Phoenix, Arizona against yeah. super hot glass with <laughs> glass clean vapor of death trying to take me out. <laughs> when, you're, when you're there trying to, to clean windows in 120 degree weather, it's nice to know there's a higher reason. And the certification program is the proof of that. And then it builds on itself when they're around employees that are mentoring them and they see that everyone's drinking the Kool-Aid and that we're having a lot of fun together and we're really making a difference. And we hear every single praise and criticism every single week that ever yeah. comes to the company. People are like, we're like, I'm a, I'm a part of a team. So Kurt, let's, let's start this. Let's go back to when I started my window cleaning company, which was about 26 ish months ago, 25 months ago, something like that. Um, I started going out to uh, jobs and at first I was just writing quotes on the back of my business card and it was so funny. I hear people make fun of that now. Like, like Josh Latimer, he's like, yeah, people just write their quotes on the back of a business card and we have all these beautiful quotes that we were using and that's why we would win. But whenever I started doing that, I was, I remember I designed my business card and Caleb, my business partner and my son, you know, he's right there with me in front of the computer. I'm like, dude, what if we put a line on the back and on that line we can write the price. So it's like when we're there, we can just real quickly give the price. And Caleb was like, Oh my God, this is the best idea ever. We're like super smart. So here we are thinking that we were geniuses and everyone else that's successful is laughing at us. And we didn't even know that those people existed yet, but it was uh -huh. true. But then, then we transitioned from the business card and I just went to like the uh, uh, office depot and bought like one of those carbon copy, uh, forms and then I would just kind of like write a quote out on that and then I started listening to people like you and kind of transitioned into what I'm doing today but um, let's talk about what I was doing at the beginning and 
maybe you can tell me if that was or was not a good idea and why. <laughs> well, I, I think it's important to, to not make fun of, you know, they say don't despise small beginnings. I know that's another Josh <clears throat> Latimerism. Yeah. Um, one thing that's important to realize is that there's a natural progression. You know, I just learned how to use a squeegee. I just bought my first pressure washer at two gallons per minute and I'm yep. how this thing works. Oh, wow. Turtle nozzle. This is cool. <laughs> I mean, a back of a business card is a very natural progression to getting people priced. And you know, you, you got to give it to the hustler, the guy who's, who is sitting there forever with analysis paralysis, he'll never get anything done. Yep. So congratulations on grabbing a business card, writing a price on it, and even thinking as far ahead as putting a line on the back. Um, the fact is, is you probably learned that uh, that's hard to track. It's, you know, <laughs> give them the price, the price disappears. A yeah. few times you've been out to go do the job and you're like, oh shoot, I got to write the invoice. I don't want to go higher than the price on the card. So instead I'm going to go a hundred dollars less than I think it is. So yeah. I know for sure that I lost money and not that. Right? Am I yeah. right? Uh, you're, I couldn't be more, you couldn't be more right. <laughs> yeah. So, so after a few of those times, you spend about, I don't know, $20,000 in free work over time. You realize <laughs> this was a mistake. Um, and you start to evolve. And that's where your carbon copies came in is you're like, I need to have a record for me and a record for them. And, um, and then you started realizing that people were haggling with you all the time. You know, you, you got a bunch of lines and they start saying, Hey, will you throw that line in for free? And that line, you got a deal. Yep. Um, People start looking at it as an ultimatum. You know, you give them a price and they, they look at the price and they go, that's a good price. Let me check around and I'll be back in touch with you. Um, just once. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yep. I, uh, I got family nearby. Oh. So, um, so what happens is you start realizing you're in this haggling match and you're basically giving people a price and that ultimatum, like, like think of it this way. When you go to a car lot, if there's only one car on the lot, but it's the exact car you're looking for, if it was the, the silver Honda Accord with leather interior XLT package, I don't even know if that's a thing, and it's got all the things that you were looking for, your likelihood of buying that car off of that car lot is probably pretty low. And the mm -hmm. reason is because even if it's the right car, you've got to have options. People need to know that I'm not buying the one thing. I need to have context. Yeah. So that's where packages came into play. And that's sort of where responsibility was born was when I realized, you know, everywhere I go to buy something, they offer me the Toyota four door, the Toyota four door pre-runner or the Toyota four door sport. Mm -hmm. um, to the, and, and so, and I have choices, but I'm not being paralyzed by 31 flavors of I, my wife. When she goes to the Baskin Robbins, you know, you can just see the stress. Like, <laughs> but if I get that one, what if I regret it later on? Like, you know, I'm like, honey, you know, you're not. <laughs> Kurt, I've got to interrupt you, but just in the spirit of our show here and, and, and how it's, we, we just have to talk about this, but as far as wives not being able to make decisions, we're going to come back to, to what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, I, I've started doing this thing. I, I swear, I'm not even lying to you. I just saw a video of some guy on Facebook and it's like from the show, the notebook where he keeps saying, what do you want? What do you want? And she's going, it's not that simple. And he's like, yes, it is. Just say what you want. He's like, it's just like asking your wife where she wants to go to dinner. I've started doing this thing. I didn't even realize it until this moment. Responsibid has made me a better date night person because now when my wife and I get in the car, we'll start the, what do you want thing? She's like, I don't know. And I'll say, here's, here, here's what we're doing. We're going to go here, here, or here. You get to choose. So I'll narrow it down to three places. And usually what I do is I find like the one I want that she may not want. And then I make sure I pick two more that she really doesn't want. That way I get what I, <laughs> what I want. So, oh my gosh. You've been responsible for so long. I, I have. It's so fun. It didn't even dawn on me. So, so back to, you got the car, you're not getting paralyzed with, with two yeah. more options. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, really that, that's, that's how people make decisions is the reason that you give someone a great price I'll, I'll, I'll clean your home for $300. And someone goes, that looks good. Let me just make a couple phone calls and yeah. I'll, I'll be back in touch. And then you never hear from them because what happens, they pick up the phone and someone else says, yeah, I'll do it for $325. And they're like, okay, well, I guess Bobby's price was pretty competitive. I'm on the phone with this dude right now. Let's just take care of it, right? Yeah. It's that context. It's that, it's that affirmation. Yep, I'm making the right choice. Uh, but one choice wasn't enough. And a lot of people, when I... First, I still hear it sometimes, but when I first started kind of introducing this to the service world, a lot of people would say, I only do the top of the line service. 
I don't offer anything but less than the best because I'm putting my name on it. And that's a common thing. I, I get that. But the problem is, is that if you do that, you aren't giving your customer the choice that they are, are desiring. Yeah. And what's going to end up happening is, is that you're just going to have a little close rate. Yep. So um, what I tell people is offer whatever you do that's the best. I would dare you to offer what the competition offers. I would dare you to say, you know, our basic package, which is basically what every other company in the neighborhood offers, is this much. And it, it includes these things. But, you know, the one we really sell is this one, and it's this much. What you will find is that there will be some people who you can sell work to that didn't want what you offered anyway. Mm -hmm. But the best part is, is that it doesn't take you out of their league. Like, yeah. Like if they were already going to spend 120, it gives you an opportunity to sell what the difference is between what you want them to have. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing I tell people is, you know, three, three decisions is really the ultimate. That's the, the pinnacle of selling. And if you can tell someone, you know, this is what we normally do, but I'll tell you what, if you have to have the very best, here's the other package we offer and sell something crazy Yeah. because you just need that anchor. You just need that price out there. And Frankly, when you find out that the guy with the Lamborghini or the Audi or the, well, I don't know if Audi's that fancy, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Aston Martin, that guy, he just looks at the most expensive one. He picks it anyway. Make it profitable and make it yours. Let me ask you a question, Kurt, if you don't mind, as we progress through this, this discussion. So to make, make it kind of easy for someone following, not everyone, and this is not a window cleaning or a pressure washing podcast, but it's kind of the world I'm in right now. So it's a lot of our, our mm -hmm listeners do those types of services. Um, I know there's some lawn care, pest control companies and stuff like that. Could you give an ABC example for, just take your pick on, on any of okay. the services that I mentioned, just a good, better, best type of thing that you would, you would throw together if you were back in the field again? Sure. Well, okay, if I was still back in the field and let's just say I have a window cleaning and pressure washing business, what I would do is I would start with the middle. What package do I want people to have? And um, for me, that was inside and out windows, window uh, screens and tracks clean. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, I would go down. I would offer just a glass only solution. Like, hey, just want to get your windows clean. We get it. You know, your screens won't look that excellent when we're done. We're just going to brush them off real quick. But if you want to go crazy, if you want windows, screens and tracks, you want to go one step up, we're going to wash your house down before we clean your windows. And we're going to clean the entire exterior of your home before we even start on the windows. So you don't have to worry about having nice clean windows and a big dirty exterior. Yeah. Um, that would be one way. And, and what I did there was I not only sold you my best package, hopefully in the, in the middle, but maybe I cross sold you on another service that you didn't even know we offered. Cause mm -hmm. a lot of times when they call you and they ask for a service, um, they're just calling you for your, your core service. Yep. And, being a salesman, you know, you feel like, did you know we do dryer vent cleaning and house washing and roof cleaning, you know, and they're like, oh my gosh, they're just trying to overwhelm me, right? But, but if I'm just throwing it in there, like, of course, a lot of people do want to have this whole service done. It makes a lot of sense when you put it all together. All of a sudden, this person who had no idea they wanted their house washed just three seconds ago is going premium. I'll yeah. take the premium. And that does happen. And so quick, quick snapshot. We got an A, B, and C, good, better, best. And Kurt, is there a reason, does that middle one need to be the one you want? Or are you just using that as an example? Like, could you say, could you, is that, is there a psychology between the, a psychology to the middle one being the, what you want to steer them towards? Or is that just what you're picking willy nilly? No, I, I want, I want people to be able to step up and I want to be able to step down. As long okay. as I price them all profitably for me. Um, and as long as I'm organizing my jobs geographically, in a, in a coherent way. Mm -hmm. And I don't particularly care which package they choose from a profitability standpoint. Mm -hmm. Obviously when we park our vehicles, I'd like to do as much work as possible at each stop. So the further up the customer goes, the happier I am, but I'm not necessarily disappointed they go low. So when I say that I'm aiming at the middle, what we have found with response to it is that 70% of your people will find themselves in the middle. 20% yep. will downsell and 10% will upsell. Now it's not the same for every market. That's aggregated data. But um, I know a lot of people who take what they really want people to buy and they put it at the top and they go down from there. They mm -hmm. offer two other options. And depending on your service, that, that could make a lot of sense. 
But um, what I'm saying is, is that if you have a premium that's a little bit out of people's price range, mm -hmm. you will surprise yourself that people are going to select one that you think no one will ever select. Yeah. I, and I have been surprised with that before. I, I made a video just on my Facebook page a week or two ago that said, you know, always trust your systems because I had actually went to someone's place and I thought, ah, they, I don't remember what service they only one they asked for. I'm like, they're just going to get their driveway done or something like that. You know, just, they're going to get just a low ticket item. And I, I was, I was going to not do my package thing. Like what you're talking about right now. And I just thought, Bob, stop being lazy, you little baby. So I did the packages and they bought, uh, I can't remember if they got the middle one or the, the top one, but it was just like, and I'm like, oh, thank God. I, it, it was a few hundred dollars extra. I'm, I'm forgetting exactly what the prices were now, but it made me money just because I did that. And what happens, I think there's a couple of things. One sometimes I think people don't really realize that, that you offer it, even though it's like in your company name or something. And other times I just think because it's there, Cause like they'll literally, they'll like be looking at it and they'll be like, uh, yeah, let's just do that one. And they, 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 right just, they that right yeah. there, that right there. When you say, let's just do it. Think back to all the times you've said that it, maybe it was your oil change. Maybe it was the tires you chose for your car. Maybe it was the grocery, like brand name or not brand name. Mm -hmm. Whenever you say, let's just do that. You're upselling yourself. Yeah. And, and there's multiple reasons for doing it, but that's what we want. We want the person to say, let's just do it. Because what they're talking about then is you're going to take a hassle away from me, whether that's calling a competitor, whether it's researching things out further online, mm -hmm. whether it's going out on the weekend and doing something extra on their own, whatever yep. it may be. <clears throat> if you put your packages together in a way where you're standing at the oil counter and you said, I want the $30 oil change. And they, share, they say, do you want to do this, um, the synthetic for $15 more? Yeah, let's just do that. Yep. Boom. It worked on you. It works all day long every day. When you're standing buying a brand new computer and they say, do you want the one with extra RAM in it or the step up in CPU power or whatever? You go, you know what? Let's just do that. I want it to last a little bit longer. I don't want to have to buy a new computer in two years. I'll mm -hmm. just get one right now. Well, I'm going to go That's as far it. and say this. Uh, if, you're, if you're running a, well, let's not limit it to a service business, but since that's the world I live in, if you're running a, a home service business and you're not offering packages, and you're listening to this episode and you still don't offer them afterwards, you're, you're being foolish. And I'm not saying you're a fool, but you're doing something foolish. And the reason you are is you're just leaving money on the table because it's not those, it, what I love about it, you know, cause I'll present it in a paper form, you know, like I'll put, I run everything through response a bit and then just write it down on paper just so I can hand it to the customer and go over it with them right there. Uh, it does the selling that, that, that form becomes the salesperson that's like staring them down and saying like, what you going to do now and all that stuff. Cause they start looking at it and they're like, Oh my goodness. Well, here's a discount for a bundle or, or I can get all these things knocked out. And your job is to just shut up at that point. You know, you go through the thing, you show them what it is. And a, a phrase I love is the next person that talks loses. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't forget this though. If you tell your customer, here's the price, and you're waiting for them to tell you yes or no, never forget that no is a safer word than yes in our culture. Hmm. In the American culture, North American culture, we lean on no because it makes us feel in control. It makes it like if, if I have uncertainty, no is safe, yes is dangerous. I might be a fool later on. Your customer could feel that way. Mm -hmm. If you say, would you like A, B, or C, hmm. the question isn't yes or no. The question is, which of these would make you the happiest? This one would make me the happiest. Okay, when would you like to have the work performed by so that I can get an idea of your timeline? You're not closing the sale. The sale's closing itself. And but, that's what okay. people need to realize. I, I, this is for myself, but I can only imagine there's other guys out there saying the same thing. <sighs> this is silly for me to say this. If you know me like in person, if you've seen my YouTube stuff, it doesn't really come across. But like, I'm a pretty big dude. You know, like I'm not a... You wouldn't look at me and think, ah, he's an easily intimidated person. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm about 6'4". Um, right now, I weigh about 270. I should probably weigh about 240. But yeah, 240. but 70 of it is your biceps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm a really big guy. But I get so scared. Like, when you say this, you're like, you should ask them if they want A, B, or C. 
two things come to my mind. The first one is, oh my God, I'm going to do that. And then the second one is, oh, I feel like I'm going to be pushy. Just asking that simple question. Oh, wow. As crazy as it is. So, Kurt, you've, you've already went through all the services. I'm your, your prospect. You're at my front door. You've said, okay, we, here's all your a la carte stuff, and here's your packages, and A, B, and C. You know, A is this, B is that, C is that. In character, with, with the right tone and everything, how are you going to ask me which one I want? Well, here's what I'm going to do. First thing when I present the packages to you is I'm going to say, before we go through the packages, did you have a certain level of clean in mind? Do you have a certain like measurement you were looking for? I, you know what? I got a letter from my HOA, so I just know I got to get this stuff cleaned up. You know, so I, I really didn't have anything in mind. Okay. Well, then, Bobby, let me let me just show you the basic package because this will satisfy what your HOA is looking for. Notice that it's going to have, you know, clean exterior. We're going to get rid of all the mold and the mildew and everything. Mm -hmm. We'll clean up to the soffits. That's gonna that's gonna satisfy your HOA. I just want you to know that we do offer our most popular services, the deluxe package. That's going to take care of the, the stripes on your gutters as well. Okay. Um, we'll take care of all of that. And then in our premium package, what's really cool is that we actually will run through um, all these walkways and, and the driveway with a, just a quick pressure wash to, to really spruce things up. So you'll get a clean house, clean you know edges of the gutters, which really does make a difference, and then all your clean concrete. Does one of those seem to strike you more than another? Okay. So, and then I would give you, so is that, that was your, do you prefer yeah. A, B or C? You didn't necessarily say those words exactly, but you still requested that yeah. I choose one of those three instead of a yes or a no question. All right. right. What I asked you was, uh, was basically begging the answer to be the name of one of those packages. Yeah. And I was already ready. As soon as you said which package, okay, when were you hoping to have the work completed by? Let me, let me see if we can get you in as soon as you Very need good. it. Okay. Good stuff. I'm, that's something I'm going to, because my problem I have now is like, I'm doing a lot of things, right. But like, I get to that point and I'll be like, okay, here's everything. And here's a, B and C. And then I'll be like, so, um, do you know, do you, do you want to buy something from me? <laughs> yeah. kind of my, well, I, it gets real awkward for me at that point. Yeah. You know, I don't here, know where to here's go. Here's how I used to do it. Here's how I used to do it. Walk around the house. And then I would tear the carbon copy off. So I have my copy in theirs and I would go, so here's what we have. And just let me know if you need anything at all. For those of you listening to the audio, he just, he like throws the, the quote at the, the camera and then just runs away as he said, if you need anything, give me a call. Yeah. I, I can relate. I, oh my God. I'm just glad I'm normal. Yeah. Cause it, it feels, it's that moment. It's that moment where it's like, I deserve your hard earned money. And that's hard. But the cool thing is, is that if you give them a few options and you put it in front of them in a way that's like, the other thing is you're, if you're there with them, you're watching their facial expressions. If you're not there with them, hopefully you've got a video embedded with this proposal, you know, in response to we do this, but you could email videos or whatever. Mm -hmm. The idea is to help the customer understand, we're here to help you get whatever solution it is that works best for you. Most people choose this one mm -hmm. and it really is our signature service, but we're happy to provide whichever one makes you happy. It gives them some comfort to go, okay, well, I know what's going to work for most people. I have the option to say no to that one, but in saying no to that one, more than likely there'll be a yes on either other end of that package offer. Let me ask you one more question. I say that I, I reserve the right to ask you 10 more, one more questions. Let me ask you one more question on this ABC thing. Okay. Cause okay. If, if everyone that's listening has probably already heard me talk about the ABC options before as well because it's something that works for me and, and I love it what are your thoughts um did you do you would you discount the packages is a because they're doing two or three services five percent off and then b because they're doing a couple more ten percent off and then c you know fifteen percent or do you do a discount at all on that or what Okay. What did you do? I'm sure there's, there's a million yeah. ways to win, but what did you do and what are your thoughts? So some people are going to really hate me for what I say because it's going to come off and I don't want this to sound pompous at all, but here we go. All right. <laughs> if, if I offer you a price, well, well, first off, you should know that packages are, you get this, this, and this, you don't get this, this, and this, and here's mm -hmm. the value, the price that goes with that happiness level. If you want the middle, you get all of this and just these little things you don't get, and you'll be that happy for this price. The idea is 
you're this happy, you pay this much, okay? And as the law of diminishing returns comes in, that's when people downsell themselves because mm -hmm. they're okay with missing out on some of that stuff. If I take your level of happiness and I discount that down, particularly if you ask me, well, no, it's true on both cases. I lied to you. And now we start out our relationship on a lie. My lie was, if you want to be this happy, it costs you this much. But if you're not a sucker, if you're a sucker, you'll pay that price. If you're not a sucker, then you'll beat my brow down and whatever. And now I, they know when I get to their house that even though I'm telling them that they're going to get all this, they also know that I'm probably lying about that and they got to watch over my shoulder and they got to follow me. Hmm. Why is our lowest price customers are our worst customers? They're the pickiest. The reason is, is because they believe that the world's out to get them. Yeah. And it, it's their job to protect themselves from all these horrible people. So in this value proposition, my personal belief is that if I discount it down for you, then I'm starting our relationship out on a lie. Now, bundling packages, there is some very good sense in being able to say, hey, keep in mind that when you put packages together, I can start discounting them down because we can share the costs of some of the things we're gonna be doing with the other packages that you purchase. Yeah. So you got a window cleaning package, you want a pressure washing package. We put those two together, you're gonna to end up getting a 10 or 20% discount maybe because you're saving me a trip, you're saving me you know, equipment, getting out and putting it back, whatever it may be. That makes sense to people and it doesn't feel like a lie, it feels like you're a hero. So I, would, I got two things for you. Yeah. Right? One, that right. was extremely pompous. I can't believe you just said all of that. But two, <laughs> <laughs> two now are you saying in multiple package discounts you do or do not like that like so windows and house wash and sidewalk discount yes discount no i would do that um i'd be very proactive about it mm -hmm. the way that i'm not a liar is for me to beat you to the beat down so yeah. if i'm if i come in and say keep in mind that when you put packages together there are discounts that come with matching packages yep. for example any window cleaning package combined with a pressure washing package um, you get an automatic 10% yeah. off of your bill. You did, I'm glad now, to hear you say that because I do this and I was going to feel so little if you, if you didn't say oh, that. Oh, come on. <laughs> but but here's, here's the thing. The trap is, is that I'm hungry. So I go out and I give a price. Mm -hmm. My confidence level is low and it has nothing to do with me being a charlatan. But what happens is, is that because of my hunger, I say, my confidence level gets the best of me. And I say, I can discount it down 10%. Will that work for you? Or they say, you know what? Well, packages, they don't do this quite so much. Um, but if on, on line items, they'll start saying, if you'll throw in the track cleaning for free, if you'll do this yeah. for free. Packages, they don't tend to do that too much because it's all bundled and the value proposition is all combined into one price. Yep. But um, when you start letting the customer beat you down and your confidence is the reason, not a lie, it still is interpreted. You don't, you, don't get to, you don't get to change what the interpretation of that is by your customer. They will interpret that as a lie. Mm -hmm. I had to ask them for that discount. I mean, if you went to the grocery store and you knew that you could haggle with the cashier over a gallon of milk and a frozen bag yeah. of green beans, you, you would feel like, my gosh, it's so much work to go buy green beans. These guys are trying to rip me off every time I turn my, you know, yeah. back. <clears throat> fair enough, fair enough, that's good stuff. I want to kind of move along a little bit just because um, we've been going for a while and I have a few other things that I'd like to talk about blah, 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 that I would like to talk about. So let's do it. Um, first one, follow up. So I can't close the deal. I, I'm, I'm there at their house. I'm unsuccessful at getting them to tell me not yes or no, but which package right. would be best for them. And they, they give me that I need to think about it and mm -hmm. either I'm not good enough or whatever. I just couldn't get them to say yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, what, what are some follow-up best practices at that point in your mind? So the first thing to realize is that when someone doesn't make a decision, sometimes they're not saying no to you. Sometimes they're just saying, I need to figure some things out. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they've already gotten a bid from somebody else that they liked. Yeah. And believe it or not, as likable as you are, the other guy that gave a quote could have been very likable too. And that's a unique selling proposition. Your company only, like if they want to do business with Bobby Walker, they must do business with TRT mm -hmm. because none of your competitors have Bobby Walker. Yeah. And that goes for the other companies too. They have those personas. So, so there's so many different elements in play. 
um, maybe the, maybe it's not a matter of the budget. Maybe it's just a matter of uh, we need to have the lawn care guy come out and do something before we can do this other thing. So keeping that all in mind, they may be saying no to you on price, which is common, but there's so many other factors. Your follow-up should reflect the holistic view at their happiness. So every time you follow up with someone who's in an open bid, which means I've given you the bid and I have no yes or no, mm -hmm. you're following up with them, assuming that they're thinking hard about this and they've got some order, sort of other constraint and that you just wanna make sure that they know who you are and that you're thinking of them. Uh, it's, it's a very classy approach, but it's also standing head and shoulders above everyone else in the service industry. Can you give a couple yeah. of examples? Uh, like, could you give a brief example or two yeah. of, of what that would be? Yeah, so for example, I go out and give a quote to somebody for a window clean and they're gonna be doing the tile in their house. The reason they got the bid was because they know that after the tiles are placed in their house, everything's gonna be filthy. Mm -hmm. So I go out, I give a bid. They don't tell me, maybe they withhold the information or whatever. Um, maybe there's another decision maker too, like a spouse. So I leave, I get in my car and hopefully my proposal has a video of me selling the soft, the um, service to them. And the spouse is able to not get that information from their spouse, but directly from me in the proposal. That would be one huge thing. And as that likability starts to build, I start to get my foot more and more into the door. Then each follow-up behind that is saying things like, hey, Bobby, just wanted to reach out because uh, I know I'd given you a quote seven days ago and I, the price is still good for another 30 days, but I just wanted to make sure you knew that I'm still here, ready to do business with you. If you and if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Mm -hmm. The next email might come, you know, automated, but it might come from my office manager that says, Hi, my name is Charlene. Kurt was talking about you the other day when you gave a quote, and I just want to introduce myself. I'm the one who does the scheduling here in the office or whatever. Yeah. And um, if you have any questions, feel free to reach me at this phone number or this email. I'm anxious to help you in any way I can. Maybe three or four days later, it's me. Hey, it's Kurt just reaching out to make sure Charlene reached out to you. Um, mm -hmm. She's really great. Everyone loves her. She's our most famous employee here at Five Star Window Care. Um, and these could be text messages that you're spring, you know, you gotta be careful with text messages because they, they do get open, but it's a sacred box yeah. that we get into. Um, but these, these can be coming through different mediums. And the cool thing is, is that there's a conversation going and it's all because we want you as the customer to win, even though you might not be replying to them. Yeah. You're still part of this conversation. You know, I, that, that's good stuff. And obviously when I ask you the question, I can, I, I know the answer because I'm doing it, but. I'm doing it because you taught it to me, <laughs> you know, I, uh, your software that I use responsibid. That's honestly my favorite part of the whole thing, because it's like, I've been in sales before and I think don't, unless your name is, um, gosh, well, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. The 10 X guy, uh, mm. the, the, uh Grant Cardone. Grant, unless you're Grant Cardone, you're just not following up not like you're supposed to, not like you say you will. And one thing I love about using Responsibid is I have all my follow-up stuff like built out and it allows me to do what I always did, which is do my initial contact and kind of forget about it, except I'm not, I don't feel guilty anymore because I know they're going to get text messages and emails from me following up. And the bottom line is it makes me money. Probably my favorite uh, follow-up is I have a, uh, of a thing where once they've said no, or if they've gone two weeks without saying yes, I put them in my, my no, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. And then it'll send a couple emails just saying, Hey, the first one is like, Hey man, thanks for giving me a shot. Um, all I could ask is that you give me one and you did. So thank you so much. And then the next one comes out like a week or two later and says, Hey, I remember uh, a while back we didn't do anything, but, you had someone else doing it. I just wanted to make sure that everything was went well and, and everything was good. And man, not only do some people respond and be like, wow, this is just so nice. It's so sweet, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, but it, sell, it sells jobs because a lot of people will be like, well, as a matter of fact, 
I didn't call anyone. I just got sidetracked and completely forgot. And my email reminded them or, or, uh, this doesn't happen a lot, but a, a couple of times it's been like, you know what? I did use someone and it still looks like crap. Come on out, you know, or, or stuff like that. Or I did someone else and they never showed up. That's another big one. Yes. Yes. So I, um, the follow-up to me is key, like with response bid. And I know Kurt, you said, don't turn it into a response bid commercial here, but response bid for me has been, was well, like the hub of my business. You know, like I choose my CRM based on how well it integrates with response bid. My favorite CRM I've ever used, I left because it does not integrate with response bid. Mm-hmm. Um, the one I use today is great, but not as powerful as others, but I use it because of how, because of that. And, um, you know, I use SynGem because it's great and it integrates with response bid and, you know, so all of that stuff. And not only does it do my follow-up, but it's like, I, like I hired my office admin back in January. I was able to, in like 15 minutes, train her on how to schedule jobs for my yeah. technicians and schedule sales appointments for me. And they're accurate every stinking time because responsibility does all the work. It takes in drive time and how long it takes to get this job and how fast that crew is or this crew is or, or drive time for me running appointments. And I'm just like, oh my God, this thing's amazing. And that's so cool. like for me, responsibility was like, it's, I've hired a full-time uh, uh, admin that does all of my follow-up stuff, calls all of my customers uh, the day before, calls them a week later just to see how everything goes, uh, sends emails out quarterly, brings me, I've made tens of thousands of dollars on the, the follow-up on like uh, a year later when people are, have already used this and now they're coming back to us now that my company's that old. And then it's also like a full-time salesperson that lives on my website. I sell, uh, I sell jobs all the time. My favorite one. I don't know if Kurt even wants to talk about this, but one yeah, time yeah. I, was in, too. I was in the shower naked and I, I always that, part, my, that part's a yeah, little bit. My favorite. I always, Not I always have my phone with me. You know, I'm like listening to music or whatever. Cause I wanted the newer iPhones. It's water resistant. And I see the emails come through where I got a bid and then it went pending and then they scheduled themselves online and then they dropped a deposit. And if I remember right, it was like a $600 job. So while I'm in the shower, I'm voxing Kurt and I'm saying, Kurt, I'm in the shower and I'm naked and I just sold a $600 job. This is amazing. <laughs> now I will tell you, here's the one I hear the most. <clears throat> Kurt, I woke up this morning and I closed the job. You are still the first person who's gotten that excited about taking a shower and closing the job. <laughs> yeah, it, it's awesome. So I and I love responsibility and everyone listening. I I love sharing stuff that um, that's been good for me. It's been the whole uh, it's been the whole genesis of, uh, or it was the genesis of like my channel when I started it, the YouTube thing. It's been the spirit of it. You know, when I learn about package sales or when I learn about um, good practices on, on how to provide a great customer experience. I've, I've always shared it. And this is one that I like to share too. And, you know, not only, uh, not only is the company ran by a guy like Kurt, who's, um, just a stand up person, character and integrity, the thing makes you money. That's like the best. I mean, I love you, Kurt, but it <laughs> makes me some money. So, um, but, uh, so, so here's what I'm going to do. Um, Kurt, I want you to, uh, I'm, I'm, I just want you to like give a little, I don't, I'm not a trained salesperson for you and, but I want you to share with some conviction because I, I don't want you to be like passive here on, on my podcast. I want you to share with some conviction, like what, what it's going to do for some guys, how they can get it. I'm going to put a link in the uh, description here. So uh, in the show notes, so everyone can click on that if they are interested, but, but what's responsibility do? Cause I know I didn't cover it all, but what, are, what how's it going to help these guys? So I think if I can do it as simply as possible, we're trying to really simplify our message because quite frankly, it's a selling software that does a lot of things Mm -hmm. and people get it confused with CRMs all the time. So we've tried to simplify our message and I think the most simple way of putting it is that it's a selling software for a service company. Hmm. It automates the entire sales process and it systematizes the entire quoting process. Yeah. Um, From there, it does automated quoting, follow-up, and customer self-scheduling. Intelligent customer self-scheduling would be a better way of putting it because like you said, it takes into account all the things that a human would. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And what responsive really does is it bolts onto whatever your scheduling and CRM software is. Hopefully there's an integration built with them. Not all softwares have integrations, but um, some of our most popular ones are Jobber, Customer Factor, Service Monster. Some people use Google Calendar with it. But um, we connect with Zapier, which will connect you to a lot of different mm -hmm. CRMs. So whatever you're using to make your work orders and your invoices and your crews, Responsibid converts the specifications of a job into packages, which makes the buying experience for your customer easy. It automates yeah. the follow-up until they buy, or like you said, if they don't buy, um, it automates the perfect sales experience for your customer. It gives them ability to click a proposal, and our proposals aren't just price menus. They're a price menu with a way to move forward. You can sign your quote, you can schedule if you use the crew cal functionality and it ties to your, your calendars. They can schedule themselves the most optimal times in your calendar. Um, it'll report to you which of your lead sources bring you your most valuable customers and at what close rates, and it'll tell you all sorts of cool stuff about your company. And from there, it'll basically allow your business to build on layers because we're not gonna lose all of your customers in the process that you would normally have fall through the cracks. So you work hard, you build up all these customers. Yeah. Next season, you go build a whole new list of customers. Well, the goal is to keep all of the old ones. Yeah, so keep, keep the old ones. So that way the new ones you get, now you're not just repeating that revenue from the year before, but you're adding the same amount or more of new revenue plus getting all of that other stuff back. And that's, that's right. how your company can explode with growth at that point. That's the, that's what's getting me excited because I started using responsibility in October of um, 2017. So it was October of 2018, which was about the one year point where my customers start. I know other businesses will have higher frequencies, but like the stuff that I do 2018 in October and then November, that's when I was like, Oh my God, this yeah. is like the best decision. I mean, it had been great already, but I'm like, the, the follow-up, that's my favorite part. It's, you know, everyone, when I say that, people just don't seem to get excited, but I'm thinking this thing is going to, it's like the hub of my, of my company and, and the core of what's going to help me grow. So I'm excited. I'm a, I'm a responsive bit evangelist. I, I, Kurt, I love what it does. I love you guys. It's awesome. Well, one of the things that I, I want to make sure everyone listening knows is that we have designed responsive in a way that when you come in, you're gonna feel, unfortunately, a little bit overwhelmed. And I just wanna be honest about that. There's a lot of stuff to automate. We do put a lot of boilerplate stuff in, but you're gonna get in and you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, I have to now systematize something that I, I used to price people's houses by what watch they were wearing or what garage, <laughs> car was in the garage. Um, we will help you through all that. We have David, yep. the trainer, he'll help you. We've got a whole community of people that will help you that are other responsible users. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I've done for Bobby, because community is important as a response bid, Bobby, you've got a podcast and you've got a lot of people who listen. We've actually made a link for you to give a discount to all your customers, which is get.responsi, R-E-S-P-O-N-S-I, dot bid slash journey. Um, that link will save, uh, save people 200 bucks, actually, if they sign up for the most popular package. And um, the other cool thing is, is that even though the price is discounted, our service will not be. Um, we really do care a lot about the community. And if we can afford to discount, we'd do it for free if we could, to be honest yeah. with you. We really would. Um, the only thing is, is that my kids have to eat every <laughs> And so yeah. we, we feed my kids, the developer's kids, Dave's kids, Hunter's kids, Mariah's mm -hmm. kids. And we believe that we're charging way less than you would pay an office admin. Like you were saying, it almost is like a person in your office. Yeah. But you know, in the course of a year, you might pay for a week's worth of admin pay. And that's, that's really how we've tried to design this is in a way that your ROI. So we actually do have an ROI guarantee. Oh that that, is, yeah. It's, sorry to interrupt, but you, you this is what, ah, you know what, forget it. This thing is awesome. I don't even know what to say. It's just an impressive guarantee. It's someone putting their money where their mouth is. So go yeah, ahead. I mean, Kurt, most, you take it away. You have my permission. Yeah. Well, <laughs> here's what it comes down to. Most software is designed to be reactive software. You put stuff into it and it holds it in this pool. Mm -hmm. And as time's gone on, software has gotten more proactive, but responsible at its core is proactive. Its job is to go out there and get you customers and bring them in. And, 
find crumbs that were going to fall off the table and bring them back up to the table. And so we, we, with confidence, tell people that if you're not, if you don't, in your heart of hearts, believe that you're earning at least twice more dollars that you wouldn't have earned anyway, or saved twice as many dollars in gas or time or whatever, as you're paying the responsibility, if you are not happy to pay your responsibility bill every month, then you'll use responsibility for free until you are. And we will train you and go through your account with you until you do feel that way. Yeah. Because that's just, that's just what we're all about. And, and what's awesome about that, guys, is that's not someone saying, well, hey, if you're not happy, we'll give you some money back. They're saying, no, the expense that we have to, to operate this platform, we're going to keep covering that because we know that if you use it and if you employ it, it will give you that uh, two to one ROI or more and we, and, and that they'll stick around. So it's good stuff. Oh, if I'm you're not getting 10 to one ROI, frankly, if you're not getting 10 to one ROI, you're, there's something probably wrong. You probably but, suck at response a bit if you're not doing that. Is that what you're saying, <laughs> Kurt? <laughs> no, I just, I, I do feel that it should be a lot higher. And the fact is, is that we do, we love our customers. We want to take care of them. Mm. Uh, you're the heart, you know, the breadwinners of America, I guess they say, as entrepreneur blue collar workers, yep. a lot of the service industry. So well, we're I'll, all about I'll say one more thing and then we'll kind of, we'll get off here. But with, as far as the responsibility thing, when I started using responsibility, if I remember correctly, don't shoot me guys. If you go listen to a video I made a year and a half ago and I'm off by 40 bucks, okay? I, I don't have a perfect memory here, but I think my average ticket price was around it was like almost 500 bucks when I started using responsibility because responsibility tracks all that for you. Uh, this month right now, uh, I'm at, uh, just like, like $802, like a couple of dollars over 800 on my average ticket price, which I'm happy about that and unhappy because I want it to be higher, but it just keeps creeping up higher, higher, higher as I'm getting better at this. And it's awesome. So Kurt, you are helping put food on our my family's table and you're helping me build my dream and for that for that alone i love you my friend but you are also just a stinking awesome friend and i appreciate that so um, <laughs> right back at you my friend right all right back. well hey guys listen thank you so much for listening to the journey of a new entrepreneur podcast I can't wait to come back to you next week, give you some more. I've got a lot of speakers lined up and I'm really excited about what they're going to bring to our community here. I just want to re remind you and encourage you, if you're not doing what you want to be doing, you better have a damn good reason for it. But if you're not pursuing what you want to do, there's no good reason for it. Peace out.